What do you mean they're telepathic? They can speak to each other in their thoughts, in their head. No, I mean, I understand what telepathic <laughs> right, <sorry>. means. <laughs> yeah. Captain Spot, Stardate 30, 26, 22 points. One. Welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington and with me as always is the ambassador who just had a bit of a funny feeling about the Kobayashi Maru, Mr. Nate Hughes. Yes, I'm also uh, submitting to have all of your captain's log stardates um, no. investigated uh-huh. because mm. I'm pretty sure you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> no, I do. I do. This one, that one, Some sort I of promise. Like- What's it called when they do, like the tax people come in and they an do audit. like a, an audit? Yeah, <laughs> full start audit. audit. Yeah. We're gonna audit yeah. your, your captain's log. Audit just... my logs. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're yeah. gonna find some messed up shit in there. Not just the start date. Yeah. Well, we learned we learned in uh, the outtakes that Ian uh, does not like to audit his own logs, but uh, but we can uh, no. we can save that for for <laughs> oh, the outtakes. Man. <laughs> and you and you'll miss him when he's gone. It's gone the door, Yay! I like it. Yes, uh, it's oh, me. I'm oh my here. god! How are you doing, punny people? Doing good. Doing good. I'm really excited for another episode of Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see a world that is both new and strange today. Indeed. And uh, Danae, you have news. I do have news. You do have news. What's your <laughs> my news? My deodorant came <laughs> in, and I'm so happy. Nice. This just in. Federation News Network. Danae gets odorless deodorant. It is interesting to purchase your deodorant from the internet uh, where you can't just run to the store and grab it. You have to mm. wait for the delivery to come. You can't sniff that it. Is interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, now that that's done, um, this week <laughs> we'll be covering off season three, episode five Audit. of Star Trek. We are <laughs> auditing you. auditing me. Stop it. <laughs> Strange New Worlds, which is called Spock and Mock. Um, now, we can actually do some predictions in this because mm. Spock and Mock clearly relates to Amok Time, which is an original series episode. Clearly. Oh, everybody knows that. Oh, yeah, everybody, yes, got that. Well, this is the one. This is the one with, which has the music. With the yeah, this is the the first episode of season two, I think, of TOS. Right? I think you're right. If you, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, but if you did, that's impressive. Well done. Well, thank you. I just visually. It's like that moment when you're like looking around to the group around you to like get your cues about how you're supposed to react to the news. You know that music though, don't you, today? The the no? We've used it in a Maybe load not. of our I mean, she's not like a huge fan of cable guy or anything. Like I, I mean, not. you know. We use it in like outtakes every other Pretty video. Much. Let me tell you guys something about Ian and Aaron. <laughs> Ian and Aaron play this game called Beat Star, and they get these songs, and they just start singing them all the time, and or they'll watch a musical, and for the next like month, Woo-hoo. one of them will say one statement, and the other one will pick up and start singing, this is what's happening now. I have yes. no idea what's going on, but what I do is just adapt. And so go ahead and do the do 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 and I'll do it. And you guys <laughs> yeah. are going to think I know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so, there's, there's <laughs> Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey famously imitates this music in the movie Cable Guy when he is having like a, what, what do you call it? Medieval times. Like yeah, there's this medieval times battle. Thing. Yeah. And like it's his best friend and mm. or he 
it's okay. So cable guy, he's trying to make friend. it his best friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Matthew Broderick's not all that sure. But then he says something like, you know, Spock and Kirk, you know, fighting each other. And, do you battle know, until the death. Do the battle until the death. Yeah. And then he imitates the song. So, yes. yeah. There you go. But anyway. All caught up. <laughs> I feel like our audience is at this point split entirely in half. Yeah. Half are going off to BTS. <laughs> One, half. <laughs> One half is like super loving how many times you have sang this fucking song. <laughs> And the other half is like, stop it, quit, <laughs> quit it, quit it. Mm-hmm. So in the original series episode, um, Spock and Spock goes a bit crazy. I think this is when Spock gets his Ponfar and he has to go back to Vulcan. To- What's a Ponfar? So once every seven is years. Is it like a bonsai tree? It's kind uh, of like the minstrel cycle of the Vulcans. Like- yeah. They how, have a- how, how often is it? Once every seven years. That's a lot of buildup. Yes, well, it is. It is. And they, Vulcans have to, or Vulcan males, I think it's just the men, have to mate every- Thank God. Yeah, have to to mate every seven years. And they get this overwhelming urge to go back to the homeland and do the business. Hold on, hold on. They have to mate? Yeah, they they have to have sexy time. Yeah. They have to. They have to. And they get really violent and it could kill them if they don't. Somebody was so fucking horny Uh, writing that into (laughs) their- They're alien. Welcome to Star Trek. It's that classic like guy lie where it's like, oh, ha- you I have, have to, to baby. Like I got blue balls. It'll like, actually it's, hurt. You know, it's a medical it condition. Hurts. I will. I a blow job only takes thirty seconds. Just do it. Uh-huh. Yep. Listen. So, listen. Let me just a lot make of sure. I got blow jobs. So Vulcan males mm-hmm. don't need to be sexually relieved normally. Nope. They're fine. It yep. could happen, but it's not a big deal. Exactly. Okay. No matter whether they're having sex regularly or not, mm-hmm. they have this seven-year cyclical surge of sexual yes. energy that is so intense that it will kill themselves. Yes, if they don't have yes. sex with another Vulcan female specifically, or is it just like anything goes? It's not specified, but it has to be another Vulcan, I believe. This needs to be specified because then why isn't masturbation a thing? Uh, hormones. You're asking for logic it's, from something that's listen, inherently it has logical. To do with the, it has to do with the Vulcan pinch and how it would mm-hmm. impact themselves if they use their hand. Like, it's yep. it's a little Can we complicated. Can yeah, Does so. the Vulcan pinch, o- o- is it only on the neck face situation? Or is it like, it works Well, that's it how you make anywhere. somebody pass out. But if yes. you do it on other parts of the body, it can, like, start processes that, you know. You're not ready You don't want it. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, you don't want so, that. So. So, uh, so there's no hand manipulation for Vulcans. Right. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there's probably toys. Um, but that doesn't count on the seven-year cyclical thing. They no. have to have sex mm-hmm. with the opposite sex, not even like... Well, that's never spelled out. That's that's wise. I'm glad they didn't go that far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm saying that this is now what we need to spend the rest of the show talking about. It looks like we will do. <laughs> Our audience is now split 50-50. <clears throat> yep. Half of them want... To know more about this and half of them like let's fucking move on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i know which half i'm with <laughs> sorry go spot goes a bit crazy they go back to vulcan a long story short kirk and him end up in a fight to the death and, and kirk didn't kirk didn't know that there's like a wedding challenge right like it's a yeah like is like he it's like the pond far and all that kind of stuff has like a challenge to the death mm-hmm. and and is it to pring right to pring is his betrothed 
Right, and she gets to choose the challenger. So is that right? She, correct. She falls in love with someone else, despite being betrothed to Spock. And then this guy is going to challenge Spock to a fight to the death. But somehow Kirk ends up taking his place because right. she yes. assumes that Spock won't fight Kirk. I think. Right. Yes. But Spock is so horned up, he doesn't care. He just like and Kirk's like, yeah, I'll me. do it. But he doesn't know it's like a fight to the death. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. Just like, it's fine. It's okay. Um, but it all works out and everyone's fine and T'Pring goes off into the sunset with the other dude. Yes, Danae? <laughs> For those listening at home, <laughs> Danae indicated she had something to say by leaning right up to her microphone and then decided not to. Yeah, she left. It's just, it's just fine. So I think we can predict that Spock will do something Ponfari in this episode, perhaps. <laughs> Ponfari. Whoa. A Ponfari sounds like a really dangerous safari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's where you do safari in the water. It's the Ponfari. With that, we'll see you guys for a full debrief <laughs> in 10 forward after we've watched episode 5 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab something from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. I am grabbing some spearmint bubble gum from the replicator. Tanae, what would you like? Kindleman cake, and also I got Kindleman cake. Yeah, I got some um, ENT, as I call it. Ah, special tea bags that I left you. Mm-hmm. Yay! I have introduced tea to the Americans, and they love it so much. Aaron, I will permit you to replicate something i think it has been long enough oh wow mm -hmm. um i will have a uh a wait cling i think he's gonna say something about peanut butter <laughs> nope you're on uh, that's weird i'm gonna have a, a cling chava <laughs> a, a what a cling chava a cling cling a cling chava right got it good this week we joined the crew for a little bit of shore leave as Half the crew depart and do stuff with relationships, and the other half stay on board and also do stuff with relationships. Danae, what were your <laughs> overall thoughts on the episode? That's your summary? <laughs> That's my summary. Did you not like this episode? Danae, what were your thoughts on the episode? Because you can kind of tell by like how little you cared about the summary <laughs> that you didn't like it. I'm a little... <laughs> Danae. Yes, Captain. What were your thoughts overall of this week's episode? I loved it. And I'm scared because I don't remember liking a show this many episodes in a row. And so I don't know what's happening right oh, now. Oh, that's amazing. No. This is like dangerously becoming like your favorite show of all time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which also scares me. But I I had so much fun this episode. I know that like every once in a while they do something like where the the characters kind of split up and, and pair off and they do these different sorts of things. This one had, uh, for me, a really fun balance of hitting kind of the serious notes of empathy for each other and also mm. comedy. And I really had a good time. That's amazing. Uh, Aaron, how about you? This may be my favorite episode so far. Right? It's <clears throat> so Yay, fun. Nice. I had a feeling you'd love it. I, yeah. I, here's <sighs> Okay, so my overall thoughts come down to this. Uh, body swap episode. Let's go. That's so fun. <laughs> so, so there's this interesting thing that happens with a show like this, where 
there could be a tendency to be like, yeah, body swap, seen it a million times. This is a trope, totally get it. But this is what's brilliant about doing episode by episode stuff is you can just go wacky for an episode, have some fun, and mm-hmm. if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll see you next week. You know, like there's mm-hmm. there's just this real beautiful thing that you can kind of do. And, you know, I did wonder if the show's serious side would hold up under kind of the goofiness or the hijinks if you will, mm-hmm. of, of, of what was going on here. Um, and I think it does. I think they found a really nice balance with this tone. So th- this, this for me, this is the fun stuff. This for me is like the beauty of, because like, here's, here's what I was thinking. So like um, on Picard, right? Mm-hmm. You've got these episodes where, forgive me for forgetting the names of the characters, but seven goes off with, you know, such and such. And they're just Raffi. like spinning their seven and Raffi are yeah. spinning their wheels, waiting for their reintroduction, reintroduction to the actual overall <laughs> uh-huh. plot. And that wasted. seems, and that they seems wasted, wasted and dumb totally. and stupid because we're invested in what the overall arcing mm, story exactly. that goes from episode. And it's like, what are they? This doesn't mean anything. However, in something like this, if they were in Strange New Worlds doing that kind of stuff, then maybe you go, hey, that's fun. That's cool. Because we're not yeah. waiting for them to be like integrated into it's some in the way of anything. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just a show like this gets to be wacky. It gets to be goofy. It gets to try something here or there. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. That's awesome. I'm really glad. So this episode was a miss for me. Um, I didn't have a great time with it. But here's why I'm glad. I'm really, really happy. Like, because there are plenty of episodes of The Next Generation that I won't watch and I don't watch because it's like, oh, it's one of those episodes. They do a relationship thing or it's a bit sappy, soppy or a bit cheesy or something wackadoodle happens. That's fine. That's great because it has wide appeal for lots and lots and lots of people. I just, I know myself, this isn't, I don't always, I don't usually buy into these types of stories and the the, the body swap thing. I was on the grown side. Yeah. Of, we've seen this before. We've done it before. But I'm so glad. I've for never exactly seen the reasons, that before. You for quit. The exact, <laughs> every for the exact, week. Every week you guys are like, oh, we've seen the Mike, the Vulcan mind meld before. And oh, we've, there was nothing interesting, but there was a level five diagnostic. Ah, and this week you're that. like, never seen a body check. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ambassador, I'm sorry. I am wrong. Um, but no, you're completely right, Aaron. Like, the show can go for swings like this. It is not tied into one type of episode. You can have a disaster episode. You can have a... Um, uh, he immediately runs out of different types of episodes. Have a time travel <laughs> episode. You can have a diplomacy episode. You can have a single stuff about relationships episode. And I love it. I don't have to love every single episode to still appreciate what they're doing, what they're going for, and what they're swinging for. Um, I think the big thing I'd say is that some of the humour didn't hit for me. So, like, some of the the jokes in the transporter room, uh, like the fly fishing, and the the stuff with Una and um, Noonien Singh didn't really work for me. It wasn't... I see what they were going for, but I feel like that's it a season so three fun. or four episode. Enterprise Bingo didn't work for me. What? That was Kind of, it was a few steps ahead of where we know their relationship is. Like for us, from what we've seen, like they they have a relationship because they've been together longer. But I don't feel that in, that connection with them just yet to get that they're boring. Like I don't think Una is boring at all, and yet we're supposed to believe that the entire crew thinks she's oh, boring. I think and they've been set up that way. Yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like know. it Didn't when a show get 
does something where they're just like, we don't need to bring everybody up to speed about the history of this friendship. We're just going to jump into it because then I don't, I don't need a lot to qualify. I guess that they were having fun. Mm-hmm. It, for me, it was just some, something that it was like, this is, this is exciting because there are those people who get jazzed when the office closes and they can focus and get stuff done and they can reorganize mm. the supply closet. And totally agree. I can relate yeah. to that. Um, Absolutely. I and, would love the empty shirt. Mm-hmm. And I think that the pairing of the two of them together, uh, especially like in the interrogation scene, like that stuff was just there. There genuinely wasn't a scene that I didn't love in this show, like in this episode. That's awesome. I love every single thing. I of it. almost guess that you might not like this because it was quite relationship heavy. And like there was a couple of tropey things that I could kind of almost hear Danae kind of going, ah, fuck you, like in the corner of my mind. Oh, yeah. Like what? <laughs> Do you remember one? Like. Yeah, like when um, uh, T'Pring is like, you should know that you should sacrifice your job for our relationship, and it's not fair. And that's, I mean, it might just be me, but I was like, yeah, okay, fine, relationships are give and take, but his job is very important, and so is yours. Maybe you shouldn't sacrifice your job for Spock. But doesn't the episode go there? I feel like the episode covers that. I don't, I don't feel like it's... Oh, I don't know. I don't, because, Ian, I mean, she, she gets an appreciation for his job by... Being in it, but Ian, Ian, your your beard is as ridiculous as your proposals. Listen, yes. this is this <laughs> yes, is it might be. <laughs> this is a good Whoa. episode. It might well be. That was low. Man, just called me a tellerite. Wow. No, I can see how you would think that I would groan at something like that, but I didn't feel like it was doing the normal. Like we don't spend on it. It just it seemed to me because they're so logical. I think because the Vulcan are so logical. I was like, man, you know, they barely get any time together and Spock can't be bothered to send a quick message that he's, you know, like it just it to me, it did seem like he was taking kind of more advantage of a moment, understandably so, because he has an important job. Um, But also, like, I can kind of I can kind of relate to that. I actually found myself relating to her a lot. I really enjoyed meeting to bring like that character uh, and I kind of wondered from your perspective too, Ian, knowing the future of their relationship and things like that, knowing now that they end up not staying together and, and things like this, it's to, for them to sprinkle in the questions about their foundation, their compatibility, but then also still show their love for each other. I think that was a really smart thing to do. Um, they're just giving the initial flavors enough to the fans uh, like I know because of this conversation, for example, that um, the the nurse Chapel Chapel and Spock have a future together. Is that right? Didn't you didn't you say that on the um, previous episode? There's some like flirtations in the original series, yeah. Yeah, so they're kind of like developing their rapport with each other that might mm. wink and nod. I love to that the Spock later. Chapel stuff. Love it. Favorite bit of the episode by far. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Um. I. I continue to, and this is probably something that not everyone who watches this show will experience because I feel like people are going to be, uh, if they're really hardcore Star uh, Trek fans, they probably know Spock's personality so well that this can be kind of like, yeah, I've kind of seen this stuff before. But for me, I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. the Vulcan mentality because I, I have not spent a lot of time digging into that. We didn't have a Vulcan on TNG that I saw all the time. No, which was an interesting choice for TNG from the start. And it was one of like the, the fan backlash things was, you can't have an Enterprise without a Vulcan on the bridge. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys have no fucking clue. Like, that's insane. But this is a cool but, thing where I get to say, I'm glad it wasn't, if 
because this show then is my chance to kind of meet this highly logical alien race, right? And to start the episode pairing that he has his own war inside of himself with his humanity versus uh, this, the Vulcan inside of him, there was just so much I learned about Spock and what makes him unique and the struggles that he has. So I think for that reason, the relationship stuff didn't seem tropey to me because it wasn't like the show was leaning on that as a crutch. It was more like this is kind of part of what it looks like when you have a relationship with someone that's really important to Starfleet. And then they, like, as Aaron, I think, was alluding to, they, I think they kind of try to address that by having them do a body swap to see things from each other's perspective. I didn't even know that was possible, so I was super down for that. <laughs> hey, ditto. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah, that was so yeah. cool. I don't think that's, a, I don't that's, think that's ever just, been established that's not in a canon. That's a new fan thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the capture of moving bodies definitely happens, but it's not quite as easy as, as this or... Easy to undo. Um, that you know, watching Strange New Worlds in particular, my favorite favorite thing is watching it with you specifically, Danae, as somebody who's been like departed from Star Trek for so long and is probably so new to it. Is how much you're enjoying it, and it validates my enjoyment of it as well. <laughs> and I just think they're doing such a great job of. If oh. it's getting you engaged, then oh my god, it's absolutely doing what it needs to be doing. Um, and I that's just, that's such a joy. I just hope that you know, for me, I'm enjoying the characters that have already been explored to a certain degree. And mm -hmm. I hope that the newer characters are interesting for a fan like you, who is like looking for something oh, quote totally. unquote new to kind of capture you and, and bring you in. Mm -hmm. Question, who is the dud of this cast? Who, I love everybody on this cast. So like, I, I am excited anytime Pike opens his mouth. Like, I'm just mm -hmm. like, what is right? amazingness is he going to say oh right now? Oh my God, like, well, I need more Pike. <laughs> right? They are using him so much like Picard. Like, yeah. you barely see Picard in the first season of TNG. He'll swoop in, do something <clears throat> awesome and fuck off. And like, Anson Mount is doing exactly the same thing. I so love good. it so much. So knowing that we all love this cast and we all like mm. mostly the chemistry, all those kind of the things of the kind of crew, the main crew that we've gotten to know, who do you have at the bottom of the list? Now, this could be somebody you still love. You still think they're mm -hmm. great. But for whatever reason, they just don't quite elevate into, I just want to hear everything they have to say. And I think they're amazing. At the minute, it's Kirk. Um, <laughs> he wasn't even no, in I'm this kidding. episode. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, you know what? For, for me, it is Noonie and Singh at the minute. Okay. Because I think we've spent quite a bit of time with her and her trauma, and I'm getting lots of characters that I've seen before in Star Trek from her. I'm not seeing anything that's super duper new. Like, there's a bit of Tashigar in her, there's a bit of. Um, I mean, name or traumatic character. Like, there's a bit of that there. Just, I'm not quite as eager to spend time with her as I am with Ortegas or Hura or probably anybody else. But it's marginal. Like, she's still fun. She's still. She, we need that straight face crew member. We need the wharf. Danae? Yeah. Egg, you know, she's very wharf. Yeah. Uh, probably the doctor. Me too. It's in Vegas yeah, for me. Yeah, probably the doctor. Yeah. And, and only, I mean, there's just. There's only so much time in an episode and there's only so many different people mm. that they're going to really allow us to dig in on. And I, I don't yeah. know that the doctor is usually that lead person. We know enough Quite often about sidelined. Yeah. yeah, we know enough about him um, that is interesting. And I think that they've done what they're going to do. I don't know that he's going to take a front and center. He might. Who knows? But he definitely is more of a support role. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I guess I'm not, really, I'm not I'm not surprised that that's my answer. 
Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited for an Mbinga episode to get to know him a little bit better and maybe find some connecting points. Um, I assume we'll get back to his creepy keeping his daughter in the buffer (laughs) plot line at some point. But um, but yeah, I just I I think at the bottom of the list is him. But I am enjoying like so much of this cast uh, is Mm -hmm. so much fun, and we didn't even get like we didn't get any Hemmer. Right in this episode, did I miss nope. it? No, didn't appear at all. Not a single bit of Hemmer. Uh, Still in... my MVP of the episode. <laughs> oh no! I know he's there. He's there somewhere. He's rebuilding the ship. He's uh-huh. the only one at space dock that is fixing the damn ship. <laughs> that's right. That's probably true. Yeah. I think uh, I-, I like when a cast can, when a moment can make me laugh. Um, last episode had that seriousness with the battle and things falling apart and people dying Mm. and it was really intense so to kind of follow that up with the other side of the coin which is a must a much needed rest for the crew which is a wink and nod to a a much needed rest for the audience as well it's 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 a classic tng thing to do yeah and and it was just a clever it's a clever setting where you can do different setups and scenery yet still they were still working because there's the negotiations Mm -hmm. with this uh, alien race for some kind of an alliance for uh, mm-hmm. a travel route. Is that making that right? Like they wanted. No, it's more fundamental than that. It's joining the federation. Joining the feds. So yeah. that is becoming part of the European Union. But it was with an understanding that they didn't have a way to get through territory because of Klingon and Romulan, right? And so they were looking for them as an option. Yeah, they're kind of just integral. Like if they made an alliance with the Klingons or Romulans, it would give the Klingons and Romulans more mobility towards Federation space. And the same works vice versa. So that was interesting too, just kind of understanding the the conversations about joining the Federation. Beautiful way to just introduce the politics of the Federation right now. What's going on with the Romulans? What's going on with the Klingons? Without dedicating an episode to it. For me, it was plenty. It was like, cool, you've acknowledged them. We're not just retconning everything. I'm happy. Move on. We don't need to see them for another two seasons. And can't you can't you just imagine a situation where the writers are like, you know what, we're going to spend an entire episode on these negotiations. But the writers of this show understand that it's that's not a place to get lost. And they paired mm. the quote unquote boring negotiations with humor and also mm. a serious kind of relationship um, episode as well, where it wasn't just Spock dealing with emotional relationship stuff. It was... <sighs> White-haired lady. God, chapel, I just, listen, chapel. I don't want to give him names. Today, I'm going to I'm the Debbie. chapel, and I'm going to get married. All right? Like, <laughs> this is this is not difficult. <laughs> well, you can marry her. I'll, I think I... Okay, well, who would you marry from this episode? Wait, are we are we playing Mary F. Kill? Is that what's going no, on now? No, no. Just, 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 just the Mary. Of... Just the, just the Mary. <laughs> Mary F. Body Swap? <laughs> yeah, who would you, who would you marry because... in this episode? <laughs> um... Yeah, so I think I don't know. I just I like that they seem to understand the pacing of this new way of going into deep things, but also keeping it uh, light at the same time. Mm. I don't know. I just I really I really love the show. No, I do think the balance was good. It's just I'm infamous for just not enjoying the tropey relationship stuff. But there was so much more to this episode. Aaron, tell me all the things that you love. Okay, I can tell you things I love. I also have some questions for you. So whenever whenever you want questions, just let me know. Uh-huh. Um, but I will start with some of the other things that I loved. First of all, Chapel's hip purse. Hello. <laughs> so cool. 
I loved that. It was like the coolest fanny pack I've ever seen. It was amazing. It was amazing. And just say that outfit wise, also, um, Pike's green wraparound was so fucking rad. I have something to say. Yes. I got something to say. So, um, Danae, I'm going to Google this right now. Um, Actually, no, Danae, while I'm talking, you Google it. Um, Kirk, if you Google Kirk green wraparound uniform, um, this is a direct homage to one of Kirk's uniforms. Oh, that's so cool. How fucking cool is that? Listen, this is it's the, so great. What a smart thing to do. This is in that perfect. era. This is in that time when Starfleet uh-huh. would have been wearing something like this. Uh-huh. And I loved it. I it's thought it beautiful. looked so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Like when Kirk turns up in it in one episode, I was just like, oh, damn, that is uh, <gasps> that's incredible. According yes. to this quick little picture. He was wearing uh-huh. this during the Tribble episode. Oh, the Tribble with Tribbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so when I saw, like, Anson's green shoulder, I was like, <laughs> they're, no, they're fucking not. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. And then we get, like, the full picture wrapped around. I was like, oh, it's the same damn uniform. Yes. It's I so cool. It. I need to buy it. It's so great. Those little nods are just so oh, tastefully done. They're so, so nice. perfect. I love the so nice. um, the the outfitting in all of these shows, like in Picard, uh-huh. but this one as well. Aaron, another one, just since we're talking about specifically those, the opening sequence where it's um, Spock's stream, the mm. the woman. Oh my yes. goodness! The see through thing, yeah, ooh, and ooh, all ooh. of that like really ornate like mm-hmm. wedding garb yes. and all of that really ritualistic Gorgeous. like Vulcan. So yeah. good. The peek into that culture was so cool for me. I knew straight away that we were on Vulcan. Like they've set that up so, so well to locate where you are. I'm so mad at myself because I I knew, I knew for a fact, as soon as you mentioned the title of this episode, that they were going to do some sort of take on mm-hmm. the battle, right? Yes. Like they uh-huh. had, had to. They had to. And I should have, I should have thought about like human spot, like his two sides battling against the, I should have thought about that. But well, yeah, especially because so far, they tell us the title, and we're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's this this episode," and mm-hmm. we're wrong almost every I'm time. Usually which is wrong. So I mean, great. we were wrong this time, but, but they used the music. Love it. They used the music. Yes. It was so oh my it was God. so great. Danae watched me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just like dancing <laughs> backwards <laughs> and forwards. <laughs> so good. They didn't update it too much. It was <laughs> oh my God, you guys. <laughs> so good love it love it love it love it uh sorry aaron you had you had more, oh, more I stuff have, i have plenty of things uh i loved the way spock fixed his hair after chapel slapped him yes <laughs> was... i've always wondered that because i was like vulcans are so particular it was. do they fix it, it? So he's just like, yes i will oh it was so perfect um i i for one Really loved Jackass Enterprise. I thought that, you know, the, the yes. little tasing each other and tasting <laughs> the gum oh, from the teleporters. The elevator race is hilarious. Like, that's. Because you would do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I lo- oh I my really- gosh. Well, I, I, if I was going to send this episode, I would stop and pause and start reading more of what was on the screen, which I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I took a picture bingo. of it. Oh, did you? Uh huh. Yeah, and they did it. Like they, it was all things that were on the list. Um, but, uh, I didn't clever. get the transporter bubble gum, but I guess it's because yeah. Can we talk about that? Like, is it that you? I think it's so- just a weird like effect of the transporter somehow. Is that for whatever reason? Uh. So transporters use the same technology as replicators. So replicators are beaming matter into existence. And I think it's a side effect of that. Yeah, like you said, that it's basically... It loses its flavor, but then when you're beamed, it has its flavor again. Yeah, because it only knows how to reconstitute 
the atoms at their original or something. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. <gasps> Which just goes oh, to prove that the transporters are murder machines. Like that isn't even the <laughs> right. same like right. scene that comes back. That is that an, is an original so scene. <laughs> fucking fun. Because yes. that's so many layers of the show knowing its yes. own world well enough to to oh, know sure. that like if you lived in this world that you would be fascinated by certain things that we would never think of. One of 100%. them being this like that's so fun. And I love the idea of the bingo which let's just say real quickly though that on the previously on section they show Ortega's talking to mm, Ahura. Ahura where it's like, you know, I'm being hazed. Uh, Ahura's like, I'm being hazed. And Ortega's is like, it's Enterprise Bingo. As if we had ever seen that before. And we. I don't remember that scene. That I don't remember that scene either. Aaron, it was in you? there. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's totally really that weird because I was like, I have never seen this scene before. Yeah. I've never heard of Enterprise Bingo. I feel like I would have like could heard be wrong. that. I think it was maybe... the pilot. I think it was in the pilot. Um, okay, but I could be wrong. Sounds well, right. I remember like or I remember Ohura saying like Ohura, whatever her name is. God, I named Ohura. 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 Anyway, that girl. I, I knew she was getting hazed, but you know I what's funny, funny today? Call her is if, if you don't remember her name, you could just go uh, uh literally literally just say uh her uh, uh her uh, uh okay yes yeah, okay you yeah. got it there you go yeah okay so <laughs> aaron is horny for chapel that's how i'm gonna remember yeah. that one i mean she's not <sighs> the only one but um but yes chapel Danae, don't limit me in my <laughs> sexual attraction towards these characters i it's still it's wild to me that you didn't like the the bingo section because that was so fun when they when they go up before they start their bingo stuff and they go up and they they try to call shotgun but instead they call bad cop that just slayed me like that they were having a battle to who could be the bad cop um i just thought that was really really funny yeah that bingo between the two of them was was delightful uh, I did like the stun, like the little whimper that number one has. Like, <laughs> oh, it kind of stings. Um, and then I did have to mention radical empathy. Uh, just mm. that over the overall theme of that with the negotiations um, is it just the show continues to have uh, great messages and great themes, and I really enjoy that. So yeah. it's something that we, sh if we were much much better at restating when you're in any kind of debate or argument or discussion. If we all did a better job of restating what the other person is saying and truly trying to understand their point before trying to make our point, all debates would go a lot, lot better because then you're not just speaking into a void waiting for your turn to I, talk. And I love the idea of not just empathy where it's like, so I think what you're saying is, but radical mm. empathy where it's like, this is how it is, and then stating it from their person, like almost like yeah. fighting for their perspective even though it's not mm -hmm. your own like that Without kind of expectation right because that was what yeah. made that scene for me really powerful is it seemed like pike was like listen i get why you wouldn't want to do this here's the reasons why mm -hmm. you might not want to do mm -hmm. this and i can appreciate your opinion no expectation of them coming back saying anything i mean yeah. he he obviously feels like he knows that he's kind of mm -hmm. figured out the key to the species mm. but yeah. it was still a really powerful scene for to, to watch yeah. in my opinion yeah I agree. And I'm so glad like it didn't go the tropey route of, oh, they just mimic people. Because that's where I immediately thought it was going. But man, they are so aware of the tropes that have come before and trying to add an extra layer of, eh, no, it was more complicated. Um, Aaron, you said you had some questions. I do. I do. I just Hit have a couple. 
Um, I always have questions for the expert. Um, and so, Danae, I want I'll to go know. find one. <laughs> Here I am. I'm ready. Uh, Let's do it. So, first of all, are and this is this will be a continuing question. I always ask this when there's an alien. Are the Thundercat Navi like they are known alien <laughs> species no. on Star Trek, or is this a new alien species? It's a new alien. Yeah, okay. it's not one that I'm aware of at all. Okay, no. all right. The solar sail thing was very cool. That's that been was used before. so pretty. It yeah. has been used so before. So freaking cool. Oh, multiple times. Yeah, so pretty. Um, they build one on Deep Space Nine and Star Trek Insurrection. There's a species that uses solar sails to collect stuff. Oh, just but what a cool idea that they bring out awesome that idea. ship for like special negotiations essentially yes. oh the it science so is solid beautiful. it works mm -hmm. and then the uh the only other question i had is there was an insult from the 3d chess playing vulcan um about humans evolving from apes mm. do other aliens have scientific discoveries <laughs> about how they evolved like how could humans evolve from apes and vulcans not evolve from some sort of ape-like creature if they have so the same Biolog I mean, not interior. We've talked about interior, exterior, but you know, at least yeah. exteriorly, have the same kind of features. So it might be something that they don't call an ape, but then to use that as an insult, they must have apes. Yeah, it's weird. It's to just... see them as demeaning. Like, what's more advanced than an ape that we could have evolved from and still look like this? So I wasn't too sure. Okay. Other than all right. I mean, so that might be resistance. You're that not always be... Vulcans. Yeah, I just, okay. yeah, I just felt it's like a little bit resistance. I felt like he had a, some kind of a knowledge of like human history and knew that that would have been considered an insult, whether he believed yeah. that it was an evolution or not. He knew that that was an insult. He knew we're just damn dirty apes, right? Or that that's something that we would say to each other uh, mm. to get a rile. Um, what else did I love? So yeah, love the music at the beginning. That was a great nod. Even the weapons were exactly mm -hmm. the same. It's amazing how little they messed with. Yeah, they're just like, you know, what would be really cool if we can redo that just scene, do it. kind Let's of shot for shot. Yep. Yeah, but Spock and Spock instead of Spock and Kirk. And cool to um, see human Spock, right? That's fun. Oh, I oh, love so that. Fun. I so have that great. written as one of my first notes of that. I really enjoyed too. Is just like what a cool thing to be able to see. A clever way to show the human mm. side of this character mm -hmm. is just to. Take the makeup off, essentially. Mm -hmm. Take him off the and actor. Yeah. See, like the regular eyebrows instead of the lifted eyebrows. Yes. That kind of threw me for a second. I was like, "Oh wait, that's his face." Whoa, okay. I was like, "Wait, why does this look so different? What else is there?" That's and, strange. And that scene also is, is clever in that it's actually a dream that's a premonition as well. Mm. Oh man, yeah. No, very true because he does have that fight ten years later. He yeah. does. Nicely done. Um, I love that the episode opened with word for word what we said we hoped the episode would open with. <laughs> like after the battle with the Gorn, we're at a star base undergoing repair. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes, we literally like if they don't do this, we will riot. <laughs> but, and it's it's cool that we called it because it does show that they're looking for an extra level of consistency. They want the the best of both worlds, like this episodic stuff without the one episode memory as well, because there's always a bit of how invested can I get when everything we learn this episode is probably going to be forgotten next week. So it's really getting a balance of um, any final wrap up thoughts. Oh my gosh, I have several. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. We're not wrapping up. Just keep going. No, I mean, we haven't even come to me yet. It's been Aaron telling his faves and me interrupting him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Delay. Tell me everything you love about this episode. Aaron, get ready to interrupt. Yeah, 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 yeah I will yeah, try. Yeah. I will try. I guess this podcast is conversational after all. Um, <laughs> totally. I guess I, I okay, okay. I want to start by saying that because you guys had ruined this music for me. Um, <laughs> as soon as it came on, you're like, oh, 
fucking hell. All I could hear was the two of you making <laughs> trumpet noises. Because <laughs> it actually was partway through the battle where I realized yes. what was happening. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, oh. There's a slow build to this it. This is the music. Mm-hmm. So that was actually kind of something that I was laughing at. And of course, Ian, like you said, I looked over and he's literally dancing to the music in his seat. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, you couldn't see me, but I was doing the same. So, yeah. It's so great. I did talk kind of generally about enjoying the Vulcan culture, but specifically there's some stuff about the Vulcan, like uh, there's several scenes. Um, I'm going to skip around on them, I know, but like the mm. Vulcan, the, the when she first enters his quarters, uh, there's a fun dance, bet- or an interesting rather, dance between her sort of being, like the level of directness to us might be considered rude in mm. a way, but it's almost like they're really relying on the history and the actors knowing that some of it's almost in jest as well. Like when she sort of insults the, the, um, Oh, the decor of the, the decor. Of his apartment. And she says, yeah, okay, well then I reserve judgment until you've done until it. You and finish. then it was just, yeah. that was really clever. But also mm. the ritual part of the way that they speak to each other, that there's that these opening greeting to yeah, each the other. Parted, but never yeah. parted. We meet at the appointed time and place. Like that was mm. just this super intense example of how they're so intentional. Mm. And that level of specificity coupled with this soul thing that they do and how like it's just this instant thing that happens was just rad. I really, really loved that. Um, And it's so in keeping with what it's developing Vulcan culture while still keeping in in tune with what we already know it to be about. Like we know that Vulcans are passionate and we're seeing more of this behind closed doors now. There's something I do. So much more believable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, when I watch couples on shows or movie, I'm I usually always just instinctively go, "Would I do that? Like, how am I compared to that?" I I just mm. it's like a natural thing that I do because I'm very chameleon like in my, in my personal like my personality. Um, so things like when Spock says to his uh, betrothed, "You are disappointed," and she says, "I am realistic." I, am realistic. I was like, mm-hmm. "I can relate Ouch. to that." I literally wrote in my notes, Danae is going to relate to this. I fucking love that. That's because amazing. I am super forward. Like it takes a level of confidence to spend time with me because I just say what's on my mind. And I think we did this in Picard episode too, and it was like the um what Elnor's like his culture and how it's like oh, absolute, absolute candor. I yeah. really love that. So I'm not surprised that the Vulcans mm-hmm. are just like super cool to watch for me. So I love the way that they have arguments because it is state your point, move on to the next point. Yeah. There is no circular going backwards and forwards. It's we've covered that, move on. Yeah. You may not always agree, but you're not going to keep revisiting it. And then event like she is eventually just like, so at some point we're going to have to agree if we're just not compatible. And there's no like huge emotion behind it. It's because just there's yeah, no, no emotion. I guess we're going to have to agree that. Because that's right, right? Like they don't have emotion. Is that right? No, they do. They, they absolutely do. have emotion. They just choose to suppress them really deeply because emotions get in the way of making rational Hell decisions. yeah, I'm a fucking Vulcan. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Oh, I finally. There's a lot to be said for being a Vulcan. I have arrived. Mm-hmm. I know my species. <laughs> Holy get shit! Get this lady some ears. Now I guess I probably am. A, I'm, a, I'm an expressive Vulcan. I don't know if that works. Um. But anyhow, <laughs> Aaron's like, if you could see Aaron's face right now, he's just like, I've thoughts. known this for the last 10 years. I just have thoughts years. on Danae being involved. But we'll, go on. No, 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 no. We'll continue no, go on. on. No, go on. I want to know. Oh, I yeah. think the fact that Good. I'm afraid to state my thoughts probably means Danae is not a Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> Wait, 
Wait, Klingon? What? Holy <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, no. Probably a Romulan. <laughs> because Romulans, yeah, they, 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 yeah. Oh, no. Everyone is like, oh, my God, is Danae's alignment actually like chaotic evil? Like, what's happening <laughs> yes. right now? Yes, it I may well not. be. I'm not. Maybe I am. Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> Um, oh, that's amazing. I also loved that uh, when they realized like they were going into hijinks territory and how scared they were of that. <laughs> Just, I love the Vulcan saying hijinks. Like, mm-hmm. I do not approve of hijinks. Hijinks yeah. is the legal course of action. The most fantastic. logical course of action. Yes. Yes. Yeah, logical. It's so legal. great. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was really enjoyed. Oh, and I loved how they acted that scene too when they went to the body swap because the actors changed some of how they were standing. Like she, mm. as Spock, yes. put her hands behind her back and just like Spock does. Mm-hmm. And he was also getting like his hands more in the front, which mm-hmm. if you were paying mm-hmm. attention, so it's just these little subtleties, which led to my favorite moment that I, I laughed so hard, I was afraid I actually ruined some of Ian's viewing experience because we're not watching <laughs> oh, it at the I same time. Oh, I saw you laugh, but I just made a note of what oh, was the name of Oh my God. <laughs> it was the moment when, I think it was Spock, okay, it was her speaking through Spock's body, says, now that you know, that our bodies have swapped when she's talking to Pike. Uh, now that you know, you can very clearly tell the differences in our mannerisms. <laughs> I lost it. And, and Pike's, Pike's response just like, is so good. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And just, it was like, <laughs> I mean, we would I say he said totally, didn't he? He was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, now that you know, you can very clearly tell. And the funny thing is, I just noted that they have these different mannerisms, but they're super mm. subtle, like with mm-hmm. the just staying different, but they it was very so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. I laughed so hard. Um, Man, Pike sells so much for me. Anson Mount is such a gift. He is just the glue that holds this show together, and he barely has to be there to do so. So great. Uh, I know I'm like all about Vulcan stuff, so I'm gonna kind of move away from the Vulcans and just say, okay, it was that kind of episode. We talked uh, the gold. The golden ship was really, really interesting, but Mm. um, such a cool shot to have uh, both of those crew members on the Enterprise ship mm. standing in space whether that's something that could actually happen or not i have no idea of course it can okay force okay fields. it can it can it's force fine. field yeah of yeah. course <clears throat> mm-hmm. i mean that's definitely not a sin that i wrote down or anything because i don't i know so much about force fields and a pocket of air it's pocket fine. of air it's not the field. dumbest gravity. thing some this sort of episode. gravity yeah. yeah gravity boots yeah yeah uh, something magnets how do they work magnets yeah <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but it does give you the opportunity for these gorgeous shots right at the same exact time uh, anyway that shot of the ship yeah going overhead yeah. was so beautiful we'd already seen the ship in the distance you know as pike looks over and mm. and they're like oh hey they're flag you know they're flying our flag so i thought that was it i thought that was the money shot of this cool ship but then they do this mm. really sweet you know, oh no, they got their money's us. worth out of that so for neat. sure. Yeah, so. I am. Um, I have no idea what happened in the final negotiation because all I was looking at was the Enterprise docked. <laughs> I was like, I'm up here, guys. Like, look at my face. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm staring at the Enterprise in the background. Like, in the background, I was like, yeah, look at that. Sh-. Wait, is Pike talking? <laughs> the end scene. That was a really cool scene. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that. But mm, it's a great wrap up. Nice, you, unique way of doing it. I, I actually wrote down, Ian, like, did you like the ending? I know Aaron said he did, but now you said you weren't even listening. So never mind. <laughs> no, I loved it. Like, that was my favorite favorite part of the episode, I think, was the negotiations. I wanted more of the boring negotiations because I'm interested in the politics. Like, that's I'm way more interested in that than I am the, the relationships and stuff. I know that stuff will come with time. I do have some questions for you before we move on, if you want. Hit it. Okay. 
um, you had mentioned before that you were interested to see how they were going to approach like Klingon and Romulan mm. stuff. And in this episode, they kind of touch on that for the first time, right? They mention that there's... Yes. Uh, did you enjoy how they were bringing up the history of that uh, in a new way? Or did you feel like mm. it wasn't done well? Or how did you feel? So the Klingon War is referring to the war that happens in Discovery a few years earlier. Um, so that's kind of stuff that we've seen. And I'm glad that it's not just being ignored and that there's still stuff to be dealing with there and the direction that discovery was taking the klingons was to walk by season three was to make them up uh, season two was make them a bit more traditional like the klingons were used to because there was a big uproar about the klingons being redesigned and not looking like the proper klingons and they kind of hinted towards that being more of a sect rather than the klingons that we know so i mean i really hope that we see the klingons and see what they do with the romulans i am curious about because Kirk's Enterprise is definitely aware of the Romulans, but they don't know what they look like because it's it's a shock that they look like Spock. So I'm interested if they're gonna that only comes up in one episode. So I mean I'm sure they've done their homework and they'll remember that. But the Romulans really shouldn't play into it too much. Like we definitely shouldn't see any on screen unless we have a mind wipe kind mm. of situation. But I loved it. It just needs to be sprinkled in. That's it. Concentrate on the Gorn for this season. Yeah, that, that'll do me. Um, can you explain the rehabilitation stuff that Tpring was nope. doing? Okay. <laughs> I was confused about that. Aaron, did you understand that? No. It's a new, I understand it, but it's not part of, um, it's not something that I've heard of. Oh, okay. Before. So I think the idea is that, like with all cultures, like you're not going to have 100% of Vulcans being devoted to logic. Um, there are some that go off and decide, hey, there's a better way to do things. And you can even have criminal Vulcans. And I think the idea is that, slightly arrogantly, Everybody can be saved and everybody can be brought back to logic. And I think oh. that's what they're trying to do. Rehabilitation through. So she's like, hey, logic okay. is great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Crime kinda, is logical. I kind of didn't understand that part. So I didn't know if there was more to that. Uh, just it, it's an offshoot of Vulcans and Vulcans don't like offshoots. They like consistency. I think I know the answer to this next question based on your both of your reaction to the soul meld being new. <laughs> but my question is. When they're put back into their bodies through medical means, mm -hmm. there's a mention of like this paste that he's using and how like someday in the future it's going to be used again. Is that because it is used again in the future? Like, is that part of Star? Nope. Star yeah, Trek he says in Vegas says something like this will be Starfleet standard within the next few years. I guarantee it or something like that. I have no idea unless it's something in the original series that gets mentioned again. I don't know because... The only other time I can remember this happening, the original series-wise, is in uh, the search for Spock. Um, and uh, Spock, Spock's brain ends up in, or Spock's consciousness ends up inside McCoy, and they have to put it back into Spock's body, and they have to do that ritual on Vulcan. There's no, we're, we're into this instance now. They have <laughs> to do that ritual on Vulcan. Like, they can't do it on the Enterprise, they can't do it on Earth. There is one mountain in Vulcan where they can do it. There is one ritual and it has to be done by the Queen Vulcan. So this seemed a little bit like, meh, Katras are fine. Okay. <laughs> we just drag and drop them wherever we need them to go. Okay. Uh, that's kind of a bummer because I was I thought that it was a really deep, like, wink and nod to something super I mean, it could, it could be a wink and nod that that technology could have been used on Spock in the future. But because the Federation or Starfleet didn't make it, common practice that could be the nod that Mbenga is saying yeah this is going to be common and then it ends up not being common practice which is why Spock has to go 
to Vulcan to do it in the future. Is okay. it possible that it's a precursor to the neural stimulator? Um, yeah, but that's, I mean, yes, possibly, but that's like a mechanical thing. That's not right. a paste. And all that does is it's like, um, uh, it's like a defibrillator, but for your brain. Right. Essentially. It sends a charge. I mean, to that's kind of what brain neurons. I, I'm just, I just wonder if that's the implication because that line stood be. out to me too. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, like, that absolutely. means something. I wonder if it, mm. if, if it's supposed to be like the like really early stages of the neural stimulator. I don't it know. absolutely could be. I hope it's the other thing because it kind of acknowledges why Spock had to go to Vulcan to get reunited right. with his own body. Right. <laughs> with that, we will head over to engineering for this instance is futile. This instance is futile. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Um, I did my big one, which was the whole catchers being so easy to switch between bodies when the search for Spock makes it such a bugger. Uh, I don't know. I'll bounce off of that. I, I feel like, although I didn't follow it exactly, so I might be misunderstanding. I feel like this, if the show did something really unnecessary, it didn't really go deep enough on Spock and um, his lady to bring so, solving their emotional problems so the, the idea i think was that the soul swap failed or didn't work as it usually does because of emotions um mm -hmm. because spock is more susceptible to i don't know exploring them or whatever now that i know the vulcans actually have them i just thought that they didn't have them at all so that's interesting i'm gonna no, think they, about yeah. that a lot mm -hmm. but but the end it's like oh they don't know how to get back into their uh, into their own bodies and so we're going to go the medical route and, and do this really odd you know experimental scream fest and maybe that was just letting out a lot of confusing emotions and in doing that they were able to link back together but they didn't really go into that i think enough to show that they had an understanding of how emotion played a part in their disconnection and maybe that's because the couple themselves have a lot to figure out and that's part of why they don't work eventually but that emotional block um that maybe prevented them from going back into their bodies it, it just feels like they went the science route instead of letting them solve their own problem. Oh, heaven forbid we go the science route. Um, I kind of thought that was the point, is that the that the emotional stuff they haven't been able to figure out yet, and it's going to take some time, and they've yeah. identified the problem, but they haven't got to the bottom of it yet. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the sin there is just, you know, science instead of love. Ding. Aaron. <laughs> it's, clear, it's clear the body swap happened because of overcandling, for one. Let's just be clear. <laughs> uh so why, much why, why that happened no before i so, before so i get into it i, I did want to let you know um my wife and i have a very small kitchen and we're looking at reflooring our kitchen and we're going to name the new kitchen resistance because it's futile okay oh, because you don't use it <laughs> no because you don't need a lot of tiles Oh, futile. Uh, all right, oh, so futile. we are going to talk first about <sighs> those absolutely terrible like maybe there's something else somebody tell me there's something else those oh, could not have been glasses please those okay, could I not have been drinking glasses what, what are those things like there's no way to drink out of them the without cutting your they? lips to shreds like to what, shreds like what are those things or oh, totally dripping liquid all over oh, the place oh my god yeah it's so so it's the scene totally where uh it's right at the Spock's, beginning he's straightening the room up yeah he's yeah, straightening, he's straightening the, room the room for her and she like goes over and pushes them back 
But the rim of Oh, the, in the middle of the table, right. The rim of the glass, it's not a consistent rim where you <laughs> it's can terrible. drink. It's like well, how would you ever use that? <laughs> it's these shard literally shards of glass that are all like jagged and angular. We literally rip into your gums. It's one of the biggest sins for me too. It's those- body swapping. We're absolutely fine, but yeah, slightly ornate glasses. No, now. no, no. Fuck that shit. How no. dare you call them slightly ornate? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> My sin on that was these are the most illogical glasses that a Vulcan would ever have. There's no yep. way that they would pick those up. I was just, I just kept racking my brain for what it really was. I was like, those can't be drinking glasses. They can't be. They can't they be. Cannot be. And they can't the, be the pouring Vulcan glasses. glasses. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. We'll never know because they would never ask the ask actors to drink out of them because <laughs> it would have been too dangerous. A, a huge problem. <laughs> Ian, you have to go back and look at them. It is so um, bad. I will. Danae, give me your next one while I go and have a look. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, let- man. Sorry. So I just clicked going back. And the first thing I clicked on was to bring in the the outfit. And I was uh-huh. like, my my boner immediately did that for me somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and the next place that I clicked was literally on the glasses. That's so strange. No, but, but, but watch him. like Actually watch it in motion because he kind of shifts them around with and the light, see, picks yeah, it up, and you can see the are. ridge. There's literally nowhere to drink out of it. Because the liquid would fall out of the lower parts, and you couldn't drink out of the lower parts. Oh, there's nowhere to like get purchases at your mouth to make a seal yes, around thank the you. edge. <laughs> thank you. Oh, that's so strange. And then look how huge the jug of water in between them is yes. that you would have to pour into. It's so strange. That's illogical. There must be a force field. It must be a, like a design, <laughs> and it has like a force field around the glasses Some- or something. Yes. Yeah, they're for show. Wow. That's wild. For sure. That's amazing. Um, okay. The one that I was going to say while you were looking for the glasses is when they're having a uh, uh, Spock comes back to the room after missing dinner and they have a little argument back and forth or a conversation rather about Mm. their situation. She leaves on the set and says, if you will excuse me. And I don't think that a Vulcan would say that because it sounds like she's asking for permission and she should have just said, excuse me and left. Right. Like to Hmm. me, when you say, if you will excuse me, that's an invitation for someone to give you their opinion. And I just don't feel like a Vulcan would walk away after saying that. I don't know. The one that bothered me more than that along the same line is at the end where she does the joke. She does a joke. Like she's like having met him. That is logical. And my, fr- my thought was just, is it? And also, are you telling a joke right now? Like, in, like Vulcans can tell jokes. No, I know right. they can, but that is. But my, I'm just like, is it logical to punch somebody in the face when you disagree with it? No, violence is never logical. No, no, I don't know. I just, it was like, it, so it must be. It wasn't joke. just that it was a joke. It was a joke that was illogic. It was an illogical joke. <gasps> like, so divorce her right now. <laughs> Call it off. They're not Call even married off. yet. She's so. not good for you. Um, this was, I don't know. This is something I've often wondered in Star Trek. How many species kiss? Like, if you have lips on your faces, like, is it na- is it just a natural thing to push them together and it feels good? So, especially for Vulcans who aren't into that kind of expression, typically. Do you know the evolutionary idea of kissing? Do you? Do you? Have- I don't. So the evolutionary idea of kissing is to transfer um, antibodies. The idea that when we are uh, sick as a community. We're better off to give each other not only oh, our diseases, but the cures to our diseases. And so transferring body fluids amongst those you love was a way to so protect them. So we should be kissing everybody. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
So so instead of calling it kissing, we should call it orifice alignment. <laughs> sure, yeah, it yes. should be orificing or something. Yes. Wait, no, orificing is something else. <laughs> um, I guess. I okay. If it's purely evolutionary, then that I guess that so that's, makes that's more what I've sense. heard. Uh, yeah. Is the idea the evolutionary idea behind uh, kissing? Yeah. That makes sense. It just it seems pretty consistent throughout species in Star Trek that necking is is quite common. It, it's fairly consistent through uh, you know races on this planet too. Even you know before that's a good point actually. You know, yeah, it's a species thing, not a so, culture thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron, um, let's see. Let's go with. Uh, I am frustrated by how bad of a liar every single person on television is. And the thing, the thing that brought it out to me in this case was when she was like, uh, "Have you ever heard that nickname?" And the guy doing the transport oh, was like, uh-huh. uh, uh, "No, no. What, what no. is like? Nope. What is this thing you say?" And it's just like, can 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 anybody just be a normal liar? Can he just be like, "Nope." You but know? then we wouldn't know that they're uh, in exactly, on it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yes, I would very much take the opportunity yeah. to sin how performative the lying is on television. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's a big reason why that scene didn't work for me. Like everybody on the transporter pad, like a giving away the nickname in front of the person. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, there's only one way that I've seen that delivered well, and it's it's actually on TNG. And there's an awkward lieutenant called Barkley. And Geordie accidentally, so they give him the nickname of Broccoli, mm-hmm. and Geordie accidentally calls him Lieutenant Broccoli in front of Picard when he's not present. And then in the very next sentence, Barkley turns up, and Picard does it just after telling Geordie to not call him Broccoli. He says, good work, Mr. Broccoli. And it's like, it makes sense in that moment, because like Picard top is of the mind. horrified, right. and it was just on the tip of his tongue because yep. he was telling them off about it. And it is, it's such a beautiful... But here it just felt a bit jarring. There, there's also the other version, which is they're standing right behind me, aren't they? That's mm-hmm. the, that's the yeah. other version, uh-huh. right? Like, you know, yeah. which actually makes Talking a little more logical them. sense, but it's still tropey, you know? Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. Um, and just the Mbenga hat stuff. I don't... It's... <laughs> we get it. We can it. be funny. We get it. We can be funny. Like, you could have made an actual joke there, but instead you just said he had a funny hat. I think it's That's important, though, hat, to show that they all have some kind of rapport together. God! Oh, <sighs> sorry, it, it can still be a sentence. Danae, next. Uh, I would sin the moment when they are around the negotiation table. At the very beginning, um, they're kind of debriefing. It's before the uh, alien, the aliens come up to the door and the negotiations mm-hmm. actually begin. And Pike says something along the lines of, like, well, how are the negotiations going anyway? And then the the ambassador whoever he turns and he just like cues the perfect clip moment from the perfect argument moment like he just happens <laughs> yeah, to have that guy is on ex- point he is that, ready yep yep so it's it's just one of those where whoever is manning uh, that is is doing a great job whoever's personing the powerpoint presentation is is on point with the conversation that's in the room exactly. yeah i totally agree the people who clip things on Twitch and YouTube, they mm-hmm. evolve into the person that has that job for Starfleet. Oh, 100%. Yeah, much needed. Um, I still think it's a bit of nonsense that these crucial negotiations that will change the balance of the Federation, you're just going to let T'Pring do it. There is still, like, not even get give her a little earpiece to coach her. It's just, you're in Spock's body, it'll be fine. You could at least, <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah, you could at least do a little, you know, sir. Yeah. Sir, she's telepathic. They are. Oh no, they're telepathic. Who are Spock? Could have been in the damn room feeding her the answers. What do you mean they're telepathic? 
They can speak to each other in their thoughts, in their head. No, I mean, I understand telepathic <laughs> right, I know what that word means. It's a big building where sick people are. No, I know what a hospital is. I just... Wait, this is so cool. Vulcans are so cool. I want to be yeah, one. Yeah, they're telepathic. Okay, Absolutely. I work on but I think they can only do it with each other, if I'm right. It's not a multi-special thing. Will people still want to listen to me on a podcast if I sound like I have no emotion anymore? <laughs> Very monotone, perhaps. There's only one way nope. to find out. Nope, not at all. This is going to be hard. Nope. Can you experiment on the morning DNA first and then do it on the <laughs> nice, show? Nice. Successful. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like a Sarek no de Bergerac uh, yes. like joke in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. There absolutely is. That's amazing. Uh, speaking of the negotiation, whenever there's a negotiation in a movie or a television show, I have two immediate, immediate outtake. Uh, clips that pop into my brain that I use one of the mm -hmm. two every single time. Number one, and I think this is probably what I would go with just because it's a long table and it's a long table in this movie. <clears throat> I, I would dub over the, in the negotiation scene from Fifty Shades of Grey um, over <laughs> the, the, the Star Trek nice. negotiation. Nice. The other one is where Homer's like... Fisting. The other one is where Homer's like, uh, Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. That's the other one I go with sometimes. So, yeah. I always... My go-to is always Ewan McGregor from episode one. Negotiations were short. Yes. Whenever they're leaving the room. Yeah. It's, it's all wrapped yeah. up quite quickly. I'll bounce off of that one with an outtake that I thought of uh, during this, which was when... Um, Spock and Topanga from that other show. Do you mean to Pring or Mbenga? Because you could <laughs> say Topanga could have been either of them. <laughs> they're starting some kind of a ritual and they reach over and they grab a bell and they just ding it, ding it. Yes. And ding, there's ding, just ding. there's an outtake waiting to happen there from each, something in a movie where housekeeping shows up mm -hmm. or like when you're summoning something, there's got to be oh, something. Man. And I would the, really rack my brain for that one. The guy from Pink Panther just jumps out of a cupboard and uh, the one that's always attacking him. <laughs> or yeah. uh, or John Turturro and Mr. Deeds when he just pops out of nowhere. Um, yeah, yes, be funny. <laughs> what is that? You rang, sir. Housekeeping. Sneaky, sneaky, sir. Yeah, Lurch just turns up. You rang. Exactly. Um, I don't have anything else. I've pretty much covered all of my all of my um issues with the episode. I dead inside. I don't like relationships. So yeah, I think it may be argumentative, but I watched it really carefully because the. The alien race leaves after Pike's, you know, epic speech at the end. And Pike is all, they're going to, I figured out, I cracked the code of the alien and, and we'll see what they do. I have a hunch, I think is what he says. And then in the background, the flag starts flying on the ship immediately. So I wrote down, oh, yeah. wow, they got to that ship really fast. They just walked out the door. Mm. And I was thinking, oh, well, they probably like radioed ahead or whatever. Hey, go ahead and flag the, go ahead and fly, yeah. flag, fly the flag. We'll be there in a minute. And so I was specifically watching the ship and it appeared to me that it had begun to move away from the dock. So maybe they beamed, but I thought also beaming doesn't really happen in certain ways. I don't know. So beaming is you probably- You still got to get to the transporter room. They it was must so have, fast. If they were going to radio ahead as soon as they got out the door. Right. You'd, you'd think they would do it in the room. Right. So that they could enjoy the moment with Pike. They must have been so it could excited. Be a culture thing. It, they like yeah. walked out. And they're like immediately release the flag, release the flag. We'll be there in a second, and then yeah. They so that's why I was thinking it was argumentative, but I was noting how quickly that happened. So. It was very poetic the way it happened. Um, I just had a really really quick one on um, uh, Chapel's non-boyfriend 
um, that he's still there when she's talking to Spock. <laughs> like he's still at the bar. Well, yeah, because he wants that. He was really excited about that he meal. Wants that food. Yeah. I was like, you wouldn't be worried that he, she's like gone off and is having clearly having a discussion with a very attractive Vulcan, and you're like, no, I'm going to eat my quesadillas. Yeah, but see, the impression I get is that that was their relate. Like that. That's the thing. Is all of a sudden he was kind of wanting yeah. to take it to the next level, and she was like, mm. nope, that's not what I'm about right yeah. now. That was kind of her like whole arc for this episode was yeah. basically uh, Ortega saying, you know, maybe try honesty next time from the beginning. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yep. No, good point. Uh, Anything else, my crew? I, I did want to I did want to mention it's a little tropey to do the chess of the park thing, even if you made it 3D chess. Uh, it's just it always cracks me oh, up. Yeah. Oh, chess in the park <laughs> yeah. is always. Yeah. 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 I yeah. always think of the. The Pixar short uh -huh. of um, yeah, Jerry's game. game. Yeah, yeah, Jerry's totally. game. So good. There's an outtake there somewhere. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. then I had a question about what the hull of a starship is made of that people could sign it uh, and that it would stay there while traveling right? through space. Through space. I, and the only reason I bring this up, very argumentative, I'm sure. But the only reason I bring it up is I once uh, on uh, my Patreon had a level called The Roofing Crew because they kept a roof over my head and I would sign <laughs> I would I would sign a shingle with their name on it at that level of my house oh, of my actual awesome. house uh is still available nobody's been a member of become a member of the roofing crew for about a year but it is This is why he's living in the streets. <laughs> That's right. That's yes. Right. He doesn't have a roof. But Every time I would go up there, all the names would be gone. And that's just rain uh, on Earth. Like, that is not traveling through <laughs> space. Like, <laughs> I think it's it's less about the material and more about the writing input. So right. they have so a very special yeah. engraver thing yeah. that I think. And it, it looks is. very yeah. much like chalk, but we're not yeah, going to talk about that. Yeah, some sort also, of engraver sharpie. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, there is a difference between shields and deflector shields. So... Shields is what goes around the ship to protect it from like phases and stuff. Ian just put Def his complete school marm persona on for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Teach us, Ian. Teach us. And the deflector shields actually emanate from the Enterprise's disc and push everything out of the way while it's traveling through warp. So it probably wouldn't have much touching the actual ship space at all. It's pushing everything yeah, yeah, yeah. away Thank around. You, Thank you, Ian. And it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite interviews on TOS. It was one of the original series writers that wrote something, and Gene Roddenberry said, "I think you mean deflector shields, not shields." Nice. And the, the writer was like, "What's the difference?" And he just like <laughs> threw the script away. He was like, "You idiot!" Like, Get and it just went into so much detail about like, the engineering of the Enterprise. I was like, That's awesome. Oh, the man just thought of this stuff because it's important. I love it. That's love great. it. Love it. Love it. Danae, final things? Nope, I don't have anything else for the resistance. I only have one prediction that I had during the show. Okay, well, I mean, this was going to be the first week where I skipped predictions, but I guess I won't. So <laughs> let's head off to the captain's ready room. Listen, I was going to stop us on the way to the ready room because it's not that interesting, but here we are. <laughs> nope. All right, just Janae, gonna... we've walked all the way over to the ready room. Uh... Somebody shout engineering and then someone else shout ready room. Okay, ready? Engineering. Ready room. Ready room. <laughs> Welcome to the captain's ready room where we hear our predictions for the rest of the season and bask in Danae's um, time crystal like glory. Listen, anything she may have I was trying to stop us on the way over here because it was a prediction that didn't come true. Um, oh. Good. I was back to engineering. 
I was thinking that this was going to end with the ensigns that got in trouble finding the superior officers doing oh, the same catching game. them as they come back in the airlock just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was ready yeah. for it i was like okay this is how this is gonna oh, go because fun. they obviously you know deserve to get caught they made somebody do the work for Heck yeah. the same thing that they did so i was Absolutely. really kind of disappointed i guess that that didn't happen but my my q like glory is fading i too well, like q i'm getting old and dying well, I'm glad that we both ended on the same feelings of not liking this episode, Renee. That's <laughs> what I'm going to take away from your closing remarks. Um, my no, there are not a lot more predictions. I think the the Gorn will come back. I can't now that the Romulans and Klingons have been mentioned. I think that'll be it. I don't think we'll get much more of them unless it's the finale. Um, and I think that's about. We're it. We're getting the dead daughter. Something's happening with the dead daughter this season. It'll, it'll Something's happen. happening. Yeah. Sure. He was doing some research. It was mentioned this episode. He's looking for some research with somebody. <gasps> he had the mind crystals. Maybe he's going to try to swap her mind into somebody else's body. Heck, why not? It'll might be the most ridiculous thing that <laughs> <laughs> happened this week. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. It's bingo from me. It's the appointed time for me. And it's the deal was very big for me. <laughs> That was so great, wasn't it? <laughs> Where he'd live no, the deal was very big. Amazing. And live long and prosper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm all right. I'm okay. Good. Okay, I, uh, not great. I can- I can only hear out of my right ear currently. Oh no! You should put your other headphone in. Oh, that's and smart. Usually that's usually really, them. really smart. I'm trying to uh, figure out if I damaged my ear. Uh, I was trying to clean some earwax out, so <gasps> we'll just we'll just see if it comes Hold back. Hold on a second. Uh huh. Oh. When did this happen? So I can I can hear out of my left ear. Okay, yeah. but it's just it's just really muted compared to if I put it in my right ear. Yeah, you might have perforated your eardrum. Wait, it's a lot louder. When did you do that? Huh? Just today. Q-tips should be banned. Are it wasn't you... a Q-tip. Hold on a second. Hold what on did a you second. Use? No, I- Ian, prepare yourself. Uh huh. Did you use a paperclip? I should have. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be experiencing this if I had used a paperclip like I usually do. He usually uses a paperclip, but he thinks that's the better option. God damn. So I got a new thing that is specifically designed for this, uh, where you, it has like a camera. Did you miss the instruction manual? (laughs) No. When you feel resistance, you stop. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I I definitely did did that. I definitely stopped. I think I just compacted the wax in there. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. I don't think I perforated perforated an eardrum i just feel like i i pushed it back uh to where it is completely closed off now so i just have i have massive amounts of earwax it's something i've always had um and so yeah there was a day when we were at the recording studio ian and a ball of wax fell out of his ear and when it hit the counter it made a noise and it shook the countertop and it was like that scene in like jurassic park when the water kind of like like has the little ripples that go across it because the T-Rex is coming. It was kind of was like that. It was like Jurassic they, Park they, at first and then it was Indiana Jones because Danae had to like run away as the, the earwax boulder yeah. chased mm-hmm. her down the hallway. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah, it was crazy. There are some times when I'm willing to look at things that come out of the body, right? Never. 
Never for you, Ian. There are some circumstances where you probably should examine. (laughs) Ian like gets up from the toilet and closes the lid real quick. He's just just like, I don't want to see anything in there, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, you need to look. (laughs) No. That's how you you know if there's something real wrong happening back there. That's how you know if you're healthy. No, but then you feel it. If I say, ouch, then... (laughs) Oh, okay. okay. I thought you meant That's with your hand. Yeah, I thought you meant afterwards. You close <laughs> your eyes close my and you reach and your, your hands in there and make sure yeah. it's got the I right just texture. Get right in there. Uh-huh. That's better. Uh huh. The the best and only thing is olive oil or some kind of lubricant. Like there should not be a thing that is going inside our ears because it is just as likely to compact. If we were doing outtakes for our own show. I think uh-huh. I, I think the outtake for this moment when he said, I use the tool, you know, that goes in deep there. I would mm-hmm. play like the Minds of Moria moment where it's like they dug too deep and they released <laughs> yes. the Balrog, you know? That's not where my brain went, but sure, Minds of Moria, yes. Nope. Let's, uh, let's go with that. Somewhere else as well. Used the somewhere tool dirty. and went too deep. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, yeah. It From was... Lord of the Rings, you no, hey, This was before, before you, you said there. Lord of the Rings. Oh, I see. I our see. brains act fast, Danae. Our, yeah, our pervy on. brains act fast. Also, Lord of the Rings. Kind of works. It could also work, to be fair. So what I'm loving is that the outtakes for Captain's Pod sound like behind-the-sins outtakes. But Sorry, on, yeah, that's just what I do. But on, no, but then- on Behind the Sins <laughs> last week, the outtakes were almost entirely Captain's Pod yes, style outtakes. <laughs> it's like we switched. Just drag and drop them. <laughs> Sapient sexual, sapiosexual is somebody who's attracted to intelligence. Yes, that's it. So, yeah, gets turned on by really smart people. Heck yeah. Like, What's it? Whereas dummyant, I don't. <laughs> Well, for for a lot of people, there are visual cues and, you know, aesthetic reasons that they get turned on. But for some. What you were going for, Danae, was a dummy sexual. But that's that's not stupid people. That's (laughs) something else. That's the dolls, isn't it? That's the dolls. Man, I think I appreciate the dummy sexual is being attracted to dolls. Yeah, I got that wrong. Dummy? Dummy? That's what it's called? That's a literal (laughs) thing? No, it's not. I thought you'd be the first no, to get this. No. How are you missing this joke? Oh my god. No, no, I get the, oh, no. I get the he, reference. He, I just like he can't hear out of his ear, and so <laughs> oh, that's the humor my is pun. It's my pun ear. I oh, can't use no. my pun ear. God. Oh no! You need to get it back. There is no. Sh- there is. You have no purpose. <laughs> are you ready for a trickle triction? Yo, no. <laughs> Ian, no, I'm you don't terrible want to do at, it. Well, I'm just bad at these. Okay, I found a way to make it more fun. And no, Ugh. you're about 50 50 on Ugh. your hit I'm rate. I'm not 50 50. I get you the absolutely wrong are. No, 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 because you got the first wave right. Loads of them. It's the last few weeks that you've done poorly. Um, you it's can fake. ask two follow up questions. No, it's fake. You can ask two You don't follow- even have to tell me it's fake. Okay, so on to the show. Well, are you going to tell me if I was right or not? No. Oh, that's no fun. So. You can ask two follow-up questions to help you out to see if I'm fibbing or not. Okay? Uh, okay. You ready? Okay. okay. We are back I'll just be on... over here, guys. Just uh, let me know when you're done and I'll come back to the show. <laughs> you, we are back on the Enterprise. Yeah, let's just go to Aaron. Oh, okay. It's Aaron's turn. <laughs> it's harder with Aaron because I don't know what he hasn't watched. All of it. I mean, Danae has probably watched more Trek than I have. Okay. I'm going to take a gamble. I'm going to let you play. That is a gamble. That's always a gamble. We are back on the Enterprise. Picard's Enterprise, to clarify, because there have been so many. 
Yes. Captain Picard, Data, and Beverly are on an archaeological survey, and Captain Picard is super, super happy to be able to go off and do some digging, and this is almost like a holiday for him, a vacation. Meanwhile, back on the Enterprise, Geordi has some requested some time in the big chair on the bridge, looking after like one of the night shifts because of the, the stresses of engineering, and he wants to have a little change of pace for an evening. In the mean meantime, Riker is on the holodeck, falls over, and injures his back, and he's, it's one of these where he spends the entire episode in sickbay. Mean, mean, meanwhile, the second that Geordi takes the big chair, a mysterious asteroid seems to jump out of warp. And it's throwing out all kinds of like subspace signals and crazy radiation that prevents the Enterprise from basically moving at all. The only thing Geordi can do is separate the ship into the saucer section and the main drive section. So... Geordi does that, and it turns out that this asteroid has got a Ferengi ship inside it, and it's disguised itself inside an asteroid so that it can steal part of the Enterprise. So it runs away with this bit of the Enterprise, and the rest of the episode is basically Geordi trying to get the ship back, and then having to relay each ridiculous thing back to Riker, who's in sickbay, can't do anything because he's like he's all fucked up. By the end of the episode, um, they manage to get the ship back because another group of Ferengi has has joined in and has started arguing over who should have the ship and Geordie uses that as a distraction to get the ship back together and then all is well with the world and the last like little quick 15 seconds is Picard, um, Data and Beverly coming back and saying huh what's happened is everything okay and Geordie's like nothing to report captain and then just like the little whistle thing at the end. Uh, So do I get to ask follow-up questions? You both get a follow-up question each. First of all, I already know this is fiction, but I, okay. will, ask some, I will ask some follow-up questions okay. anyway. Okay. Um, so my first is, is does the ships, when you say into different sections, do you mean mm-hmm. literally into different sections? Like literally. literally the, you've got the saucer section. Like the it's a model disc. and like yep. somebody goes Separates. up and, you know, lefty loosey, righty tidies the, the top part and that no, comes no, no. off. It's, it's automated. So it, autom- it separates. So the saucer, literally like a flying saucer, separates right. from the rest right. of the ship. Okay. And it's a built-in feature. That's my question. Danae, what's your okay. question? Danae. Uh, my question is, how many times in a row are you going to do real ones until it comes fake? <laughs> oh nice because um, it's been real 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 three times in a row i'm guessing fake just based on algorithm alone oh interesting okay yeah i'm not going to answer that question uh i want you to know that was a really good episode you came up with like if that were a real episode that would be so much fun it was very um, detailed fun would it be yes but that is it, that is fiction it's definitely fiction um as i was writing the synopsis i was like Holy shit, this would be one of my favorite episodes ever. Um, I put in like way more detail that I ended up leaving out. But the ship can do that. It mm-hmm. actually does it actually does separate. It does do that in a couple of episodes. Um and yeah, it's just one of those whimsical episodes where Geordie has a lot of fun, but just fucks everything up. It's like, yeah, I'm really sorry, Captain, but I lost half the ship. I was like, how did you lose that to the Ferengi? Well, go and get it. And Riker is just like stuck in sick bay, like just powerless to do anything. Um I, yeah, I, w- I would watch the heck out of that episode. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I loved I loved how you you know Star Trek so well that you sprinkle in these things that just make perfect sense <laughs> on a Star Trek ep- Star Trek episode. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. <laughs> Here's how I knew it was fiction. You ready for this? Okay. Okay. Too much looking to your right 
mm-hmm. and reading what you had fictionalized because mm-hmm. you know you know these episodes so well when they're okay. real you just face camera and go <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. because i did the same thing last week where it was a real episode but i wrote down what i was going to say uh, okay. and then read from it but i think okay. even then i still went on to autopilot and i didn't read Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. read my script. You can watch your yeah. brain fire when it's real. You get this extra <laughs> level of joy in your eyes. <laughs> Ethan comes in the other night and goes, I have the most amazing fart noise. Because, you know, when you have boys, this is just a conversation that happens. Yeah. And we go, okay. And he goes, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's pretty he just good. thought that, he That's just thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> like, it's pretty everybody funny. else is just like, <laughs> and I'm like, He's not wrong. That was funny as hell. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Captain's Pod, Stardate. That's a new Stardate system. That's an amazing Stardate system. Can you imagine some sort of gibberish Stardate system? That would be amazing. And it's Stardate. Bleep. 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 Bleep.